Before we get to our show, here is a podcast we think you're going to love. Do you love true crime, history, and mysterious happenings? Every week on The Cult of Domesticity, a guest and I discuss a different historical happening, a true crime story, or whatever strikes our fancy. Join me, Courtney, every Thursday to hear some fascinating tales from some fascinating people wherever you listen to podcasts. Hello, and welcome to Perhaps It's You. An unofficial Unsolved Mysteries rewatch podcast. Oh, it's so unofficial. And some mysteries are so unsolved. And here we are today to solve them, which we're definitely, no, no, definitely going to do. Solve no mysteries. This subpar episode. I'm Liz. I'm Samantha, and we're joined by a special guest. I'm Annie. Hi, Annie. Thanks for joining us, Annie. I'm so delighted to be here. This has become a thing we do where we have a really sucky episode of Unsolved Mysteries, and we ask a friend to come in <laughs> and do the work that we should be doing. Yeah. Don't you like it? I do. <laughs> I, don't, I don't really care what anybody else thinks. <laughs> Look, they keep coming. They so. keep coming, so it's fine. It's all good. Hi, Annie. Thanks for being here. Thank you for inviting me to this lovely space. <laughs> wow, that was very polite and formal. <laughs> I should expect nothing less. <laughs> Annie, usually we have guests bring us gifts. Yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Annie's face just fell. No, only Rochelle does that. I, I thought about picking up some polar water to bring, and then it's just like, I don't know. That's okay. And it's I, actually really, we're making you do work, so I don't know. Rochelle is just a, a hobbit and she, gives she, gifts true. every day. She does, and we really need to stop putting out free advertisements for these companies that will never sponsor us. Sponsor us Polar Water. (laughs) To be fair, I almost brought the leftover cookies from last night, but there are only three left, and I don't know where they went. I mean, I definitely wasn't laying in bed with my cat this morning eating them, so... Yeah, no, that's fine. Save that shit for yourself. Yeah, that's fair. I was at Target before I came here trying to find those Game of Thrones Oreos. I've heard they're hard to find. They weren't. I, they were nowhere. They're to be just found. normal Oreos, they're though. Not even good flavors. It's just normal flavor. So tell I'm, me more about these Game of Thrones. They just Oreos. have they're like, literally just regular Oreos with Game of Thrones shapes in the cookies. Yeah. Oh. And everyone is hype. I mean, obviously, I'm one of them because I went to specifically Target <laughs> to try and find them, but they're sold out everywhere. Okay, if it was a special flavor, what flavor would you want it to be? You know what? I would want it to be like red wine or something yeah like i feel like that would be a nice sweet and savory combo or like lemon cake red velvet i mean yeah Yeah. it could really be like red velvet or it could be like they could have been so lazy and been like it's winter's coming mint the end yeah it could have been like (laughs) done sold i will hire your agency (laughs) like they have mint flavor just sitting in a vat like they could have anything just or swirl s- it in but make it blue there have Done. been cinnamon oreos before right Maybe like red hot with honey like honey mead <gasps> annie that's brilliant you cracked the code that's why they pay me the big bucks which yeah. is nothing which is, which is zero dollars <laughs> thanks nabisco hire us oreo come on yeah that is very lazy but so uh, long story short i'll probably mm. never find those oreos i'm sorry oh well uh, there are worse problems uh, no no it's the top. <laughs> it's a hot problem happening today. Um, 
I don't have a single fucking update. How about you? I have a small update, and that is we received a Robert Stack prayer candle in the mail. Oh, yes. He's and sitting right here, we gazing over us. on the episode that we didn't know who sent it to us, if it came from the company who makes that them. That was a mystery at Or the a time. listener. It came from a listener who I think is named John. I'm not really sure because they follow us on Instagram, sent us a very nice message uh, because I posted it in our Instagram story, and they sent us this lovely candle from the True Crime Candle Company. I'm not entirely sure off the top of my head the company at etsy that makes these i don't remember either my brain is completely fried but we really really appreciate it uh i wanted to give that small update because it came from a lovely listener so would you say that that mystery was solved minutes after the broadcast I absolutely was yes <laughs> minutes after our broadcast yes i love it that that's really the only update there was like a recently uh, a, a mystery that was featured on some mysteries that was solved but we haven't covered that mystery, we so... I was, we were going to talk about it, but then we decided not to because we haven't covered it, so I have nothing to say about it. But the husband did it. I mean, Is hello. anyone surprised? Yeah. Could have solved that mystery for you. It's in our Facebook group if you want to go read the article about it. Yeah. Join our Facebook group. Oh, on my birthday, we hit 666 Twitter followers. Congratulations. Really? Just Very exciting. Okay. I don't care if we ever get any more. I just wanted 666. It was very fitting that it happened on your birthday. I know. Because I had been waiting and waiting. Because I had to get that screenshot, you know. What better (sighs) gift could you receive on your birthday? Yes. (laughs) And thanks for the birthday wishes. Mystery solvers. It was very sweet. Yes. Everyone had such nice things to say about the better half of this podcast. They were like, get Liz off the show. I think using the question box to describe what you like about Liz was a really neat feature. Well, yeah, follow cute. us on Instagram. It was fun. People were like, when is it going to be the Samantha and Mac show? Get Liz out of here. The consensus was that everyone loves your laugh and that the cackling must continue. I was surprised by that, but yeah. So, suck it, Joffrey. <laughs> suck as, it. As usual. As, as usual. That's really the only update I have. I guess we're going to welcome Annie to the show. Annie, how are your how are your feelings around Unsolved Mysteries? So I definitely grew up watching it, but I mean, I'm not as avid of a fan as y'all, but you know no, what? I don't, you know what? I don't really think that either. we are as avid of a fan as someone we should, should be, <laughs> or it is demanded of this position. You know when people get hired and then you're like, why? They're not really qualified for this job. Why are they here? That's us. That's us when it comes to unsolved mysteries. <laughs> Have you been watching the show now that it's available to the public? I have not, but I'm behind on like my regular shows. I just so much know, media I, to consume. I, like, I literally need to quit my job so I can catch up on shows. It's just well, get on it. Yeah. There's not enough time in the day. Get to get to not work. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's, that's probably going to be it. Yeah, yeah. Or you need a job where you can just like watch shows all day. Covertly watch shows. I mean, I yeah. listen to podcasts all day. So on the on the upside, I get to listen to perhaps it's you while looking at um you know Excel oh, sheets on the clock. Yes, nice as everyone you, should. You get paid for those for to hear me go. Uh, uh what was what was his name? <laughs> oh, that that thing I do. Quality entertainment. <laughs> Oh, we're so glad you're listening to us this fine day. We are in the last episode of season three. Somehow, already, we've come to season three, episode I can't believe 22, it. if you're following along their evil overlords, Amazon Prime. 
the last episode of this season. Next week, we'll be doing our listener stories episode. So if you have seen a motherfucking ghost or a motherfucking UFO, perhaps as you're listening to this, you have like a day maybe to send in your story mm. email it to us at perhaps it's you podcast at gmail.com we have quite a few yeah so get those in because I've there read are none of them they we tend to be the, the scariest stories i've ever heard in my life i don't know why everybody that listens to this show has been haunted by such demanding spirits but it's true get in those tales okay yeah, it's going to be a good time. And then we're going to take a brief hiatus. <sighs> yeah, because we've, you know what? We've earned it. Also, Samantha's having eye surgery. Again. Also, I'm just demanding it. Samantha's like, maybe we'll take a week off. And I'm like, mm, no, more. Please. Let's, like, sleep or go get pedicures <laughs> or something. Hopefully the weather in Minnesota will fucking get it together and we'll have some spring and we can actually enjoy. That would be, we could go outside? It's a, it's an idea. Novel concept at this point. Huh. That would be lovely. Go have our goth picnic. Yes. We're going to have a goth picnic in the cemetery. We have to celebrate friend of the pot Arden's the death of her single life. <laughs> She's getting married soon. So. That's literally what we're going to do is have a picnic in a cemetery. Well, you know, it's not, I don't really know what normal people do. Who cares? Yeah. Also, who cares? <laughs> sell sickers or sickers, sell suckers for a dollar at like gay clubs. Oh, that's what normal people do? Yeah, it's... No. Okay. Oh. So it's overrated. Oh, for like, <laughs> oh, for like bachelorette parties. So. Oh, oh, oh. I thought you just meant like in daily life. So like uh, everyday life. Like, oh, normal people? Yeah, they're out selling suckers. This is how... I would touch I am. Okay. Well, so I, I wouldn't know. I can't say I go out much, this so... Is exactly how out of touch I am with what normal people do that I was like, what? Like, it oh, didn't even occur to me that you were talking about a bachelorette party. I mean, I only do this because I have friends when they come into town, I go out with them. So like three times a year. And there's always a bachelorette party at Gay 90s. Always. Yeah. And they're always selling suckers and they're, they're the loudest. Selling they're them? selling suckers? Yeah. For the, Don't you give for, them away? For the for the honeymoon or whatever. What? This is something totally yeah, new to me. First of all, you brought your bachelorette party your presumably straight bachelorette party oh, yeah. to a gay space. Yes. All right, whatever. Mm-hmm. I it's not really my place to roll my eyes at that. But then on top of that, you're like, also money, please. <laughs> it's pretty obnoxious. Wow, I had no idea. I have seen bachelorette parties with those suckers. So I guess I didn't realize that they could have been selling them I to guess, people. I are you, guess. Are I you ready would... for the tagline though? What? Suck for a buck. <laughs> mm-hmm. Of course. Of course. Wow. See, nobody invites me to these things. <laughs> Hard to believe, right? Also, you never told me the, the rules of what I can and can't say, so just watch out. Oh, there's not. There's no rules. Perfect. I mean, I guess if you're, like, going to endorse Mitt Romney, we'll have to ask you to leave, but not, like, language-wise. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Swears are fine. Swears are fine. Okay. <laughs> I guess it's not anything, Yeah. <laughs> Right-wing political rants, not The fine. earth is flat, everyone. The earth is flat. I'll, I'll allow that. Honestly, whatever. Yeah. As we've talked about, so for our Patreon this month, we Ooh. are doing the Flat Earth documentary on Netflix. And we talked about this in the show, but I've heard other people talk about this too. What, okay, if the earth is flat, 
That changes my life in exactly yeah. no ways. I, if I believed that, I would wake up the next day and just do the same. Shrug? Like, well, yeah, what difference does it make? It, who cares if the earth is flat or not? I mean, I would probably go to the globe that my parents have in their house and cut it in half. <laughs> Smash it? <laughs> yeah, I'd be like, this is wrong! <laughs> yeah, but... How dare you have a globe earth in this house? Yeah, I guess mm-hmm. I'd just be like, well, those people are... Look how stupid they are with their globe. <laughs> And then I would be, like, silently chuckling to myself about how smart I was. and Then, then I'd probably write Apple and ask them to update their emojis to reflect the flat earth. Oh, do you think we could get a flat... It's like an earth, but a pizza. Like a... <laughs> I mean, a disc earth. Or disc earth emoji. I can add that attachment to the email I'll send to Apple, so... Yes, please. Okay, send that cool. straight to Steve Jobs, if you could. Awesome. On it. <laughs> Dear Mr. Jobs. Dear Mr. Apple. <laughs> of apple i assume okay am i stalling you know what as usual i didn't hate this episode no actually okay i watched it twice and the first time i watched it i was really just like looking to divvy up the mysteries and i was like "Mm, this was not i was didn't seem very memorable and then when i watched it the second time i was like okay actually some of these mysteries are good the problem is mystery aside the last mystery is a fucking bummer and why would you end your season on that though i realize these are not in the same order that they aired but it's just like Ugh. It was it was pretty sad. It was brutal, and so and we then, gave that one to Liz. Yeah, actually, and I think to be fair, Liz volunteered. To do and then it. it's very short, but it is brace yourself for some sadness at the end. But and then we just also have this unnecessary Jeepers Creepers dude update. <laughs> Animated corpse. Yeah, whatever that guy's name. Was. I honestly don't. Depew. Yeah, you're right. Mark it's Depew. De- something Depew. Bill De- Depew. The Jeepers Creepers murderer. Chad Depew. I don't, honestly don't. But remember. we already got that update, so we already know. So it's just. Again, wasting my precious time that I could be napping <laughs> or selling suckers for a buck, apparently. <laughs> if I was a normal person. <laughs> All right, let's, let's do are this. The, are the suckers penis-shaped or are they just fucking normal suckers? I don't look. You don't you revert your eyes? I do. I see the white sashes and I'm like, thank oh. you, next. I yeah. was at the poorhouse many moons ago. And yeah. Sorry. <laughs> This was in college, and someone, there was a bachelorette party there, but I believe they were giving out suckers because I received one, and I did not pay for it. Um, and it was a dum-dum. Oh. I feel like you would have to have a pretty big profit margin. I was just going to say, those to, cannot cost more than five cents to make. You're so not buying you buy them for premium penis-shaped suckers on Etsy and selling them for a dollar and oh, making true. honeymoon money off of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. I feel like you're going to Costco and getting a giant bag of dum-dums mm-hmm. and selling them for a dollar huh. each. To drunk people at the gay 90s, apparently. There's this amazing phenomenon in Chicago that I haven't seen here mm. called the tamale guy. What? Yeah, so there's guys. It's, we act like it's one guy, which is kind of racist, but it's actually multiple guys who go to bars that don't serve food with coolers of tamales and just sell them. You have told me about this before, and it sounds incredible. They're just like homemade tamales, and they're fucking always delicious and incredible and you just like buy them off some dude out of a cooler and they always show up when you're like drunk and need at food. your drunkest yeah well i mean that happens in minneapolis too but by the laundromat on lake street over by lake street kmart but they don't like come into bars no it's just in the parking lot it's like you're coming out with your laundry right right you're like tamale you're like why thank you yes I like <laughs> you read my mind thank you tamale would i like guy. this homemade tamale out of your van yes, yes i would yes so, i would thank so you so smart. much so smart it is way better than a fucking dum-dum i mean way better than anything you can buy in the store yeah 
I mean, it's not a bad strategy to get people when they're at their drunkest sure. in like, the middle of the night. And like, what sounds better than a tamale in that moment? Oh, nothing. Absolutely nothing. And since that's not happening, I guess what sounds better than a... A fucking dum Blue raspberry dum Have my dollar. I, I'm not going to be able know. to get over this. Like, the whole thing. I'm just going to be bringing it back to a suck. Suck for a buck. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's episode 22. Liz season has, three. I have the first the mystery. The first mystery. This is the... This is the most lackluster mystery until we get to the very end. Oh, but is our MVM in this one? You know, okay. So I was going to ask you guys. And he's nodding yes. Yeah, there's. I I drew three mustaches in this one, this episode. But I I definitely think it's in this. And it was the DEA agent. Yeah. Yes. The world's biggest mustache. I called Mr. Serious. It's so luscious. It's just Do you think intense. there's product in that mustache? How did it get so full? It's very, it's way fuller than like my hair. I don't understand. It has like more body and richness than I have in the hair in my head. Also, you would expect that mustache to be on the face of someone whose head hair is thick and full and luscious, and he just has normal hair. So how is his mustache so voluminous? It might not be real. Is there a pantene in it? Or he's getting a blowout. Or the um, hair and makeup team of of, um, Unsolved Mysteries, they put extensions in his mustache. Maybe they're back combing it. The thing is, they clearly are like not helping anyone else on this show, but they're like, this guy's mustache. They're like, oh, they get one of those circle brushes, and they're like... (laughs) We can really do a lot with this. Put very tiny hot rollers in it. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's possible. Something is going on to make that mustache so voluminous. I don't know what it is. It's a mystery. Look, some mysteries are never solved. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually number one. The number one one. Uh, this is the. Uh, this was at the time a wanted case. This is a case of Rafael Camonera, and it takes place in Douglas, Arizona. So it starts out with Robert Stack telling us that we are losing the war on drugs. Oh no! Due to brazen drug dealers smuggling cocaine. Yeah, it fails to mention that the reason people smuggle drugs in the United States <laughs> is that Americans want to buy drugs. <laughs> without a market for it what? that would not happen it's wild uh this has got a lot of dare vibes it sure does which i didn't actually have the dare program but oh you didn't Andy, did you have the dare program oh yes hell you yeah saw that t-shirt okay this is something i ask everyone who says that they were in dare is did your dare program have a song dare to keep a kid off drugs okay. dare that really? was a way better song. That was the song? Did you guys make that up or was that actually your song? No, that was the actual song and they played it every time we had the assemblies and everything. You had a way better song uh, than we did. What was your song? Ours was D, I won't do drugs. <laughs> Get the A won't have no attitude. What? I don't know. I think they were struggling to come up with... with you I think won't our, do drugs. You won't have attitude. R, I will respect myself. Okay. And then E, I will educate myself. Okay. <laughs> Clearly, this is really, you know, stuck with you. It's been a part of your character I, here. For some reason, the song has stuck with me all these many years. I don't know why. Do you think it's kept you off drugs? No. <laughs> no. If anything, Dare encouraged children to do drugs. <laughs> I just think it's so... It's just such a ridiculous approach for so many reasons. But it also did act like... It's children of the 80s, early 90s. We were definitely told that people were just sitting around waiting to, like, trick us. No, to give you drugs to get you hooked. Yes, you would get drugs for free. 
And then, like, you would be hooked, and then like, that's how you would be addicted. You would do, you would smoke a cigarette, and that's the gateway drug. <laughs> to, to drugs. I definitely remember I needed, like, a physical to go into high school, mm-hmm. and my doctor was like, listen, you're going to be in high school. People are going to be offering you sex and drugs. I'm not telling you what to do. <laughs> but I, but make a decision now so that you're not caught off guard. And I was kind of like, high school sounds awesome. <laughs> and then I went on to be the lamest, most unpopular child. <laughs> it was very misleading about all the drugs I was going to be offered. I know. I used to remind my parents. I was like, I'm not going to the Cornfield Kagers. I'm hanging out with the theater kids. Are we drinking energy drinks in the basement and watching <laughs> Rent on DVD? Yes, we are. <laughs> So, like, if I wouldn't come home by curfew, I'm like, you're so lucky I'm not out drinking beer in the cornfield <laughs> with the jocks. Exactly. Do you know how lucky you are to have me as a daughter? I was too busy Good buying to Chinese parents. food and watching Law and Order. I didn't have time for that. Yeah, and I was riding horses like one of those girls. <laughs> so, yeah. So, we were all super cool, super happy. That's basically what we're saying. I mean, who's starring on a podcast right now? Not the kids who are in the cornfields. Me. <laughs> exactly exactly (laughs) our no our no jocks allowed policy continues on the show perhaps because i know none (laughs) yes barely able to complete my mile in gym oh god (laughs) i try not to ever think about that it was so bad it was i i tell mac Mac and I joke about this all the time, but the first time we had to run a mile, which is in the third grade, which, I don't know, children are like... In the third grade? I like way too young. Yes? Why would you make a third grader run a mile? That sounds really sad. Also, I had, like, no... Co- we didn't practice to, like, oh, lead no. up to that. It was just, like, th- the gym teacher told us, like, hey, later we're going to be running a mile. I had no fucking concept of how long mm-hmm. that was. So I, like, ran up and down a couple times on the block and was like, I'm good to go. Right? Because... <laughs> How long is a mile? I, I don't imagine know. imagine so many little kid, like, leg cramps for the nurse. I got leg. the absolute worst cramps, and I just remember thinking, adults don't care if I live or die. <laughs> and that's an important lesson <laughs> yes. to learn. Because I was like, three. why would they make us do this? This is terrible. I was just like, ugh. Like, oh, man. Anyway. You could walk when you were doing the mile. You know, they didn't make you run. But then you were the kid that was walking. And finishing the mile dead last. I was pretty much always last or close to last. And the gym teachers would come by on these, like, golf carts and yell at us. Oh, my God. Sometimes smoking. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) They were outside, Annie. (laughs) Still paints a picture. I know. It was real bad. I have a lot of gym class horror stories. That could be a whole other podcast. Mm. But we're here to talk about Rafael Camarera. Oh, yeah. Who was living and was referred to as Cocaine Alley. (laughs) He was living a double life. Does anyone else call it Cocaine Alley or just Robert Stack? We'll never know. (laughs) Maybe these customs agents they interview for the show. It is the point at the border in between Douglas, Arizona and Agua Puerta, Mexico. So it's like... 600 feet or something they show it on the map it's just literally across the street the Mm -hmm. yeah it's like douglas arizona the fence and mexico and this segment is not done in the most i don't even what's the opposite yes thank you what's Mm -hmm. the opposite of problematic they act like just the fact that he crosses the border every day is very suspicious he has a company on the other side of the border lots Mm -hmm. of people do 
Lots of people have family or work obligations that require them to cross the border on a daily basis. Or they just want to go Or people over take there. weekends away to Mexico and go, you know, party down there if they or, live that close. Like, it's just right there. It's, mm-hmm. Yeah, it is just like crossing the street. But he owned a concrete mixing company that was having some money troubles. And we hear from one of his um, employees that at one point he was like, Ugh, I don't know how I'm going to pay payroll. I don't have any money. And then came back and was like, I took care of it. So it sort of sounds like he started off with a legitimate business and it was struggling. And so he turned that into a drug smuggling business. And we also keep, I didn't write down his name, but we keep hearing from this like good old boy in a trucker hat. Yes. It seems like he's like in love with him. Oh, he for <laughs> sure was. And was referred to him as an on-hands type of business owner. Pretty sure he meant hands-on, but that's okay. He just is like glowing in his review of Raphael. Well, and he was so betrayed. He was to very have discovered hurt. that he was a drug smuggler. Yes. Which, a thing that infected, uh, didn't affect him in any way. No. I think he just drove a truck. Like, it wasn't his employee, was it? No. He so, just, what he, so what he ended up doing was he built a warehouse in the on the U.S. and Douglas, and then he built himself a luxurious home on the other side of the fence in Mexico. And, oh yeah, the, that guy is like, he's the type of person you would ask to join your local Lions Club. Yes. Because he seems so respectful. And I was like, guy, I have a lot of trouble believing that you ask Mexicans or Mexican-Americans <laughs> to join your local Lions Club. And sell your Tootsie Rolls. <laughs> yeah, so, right. so I thought about that. The other thing that I kept thinking about was Robert Stack and all of the people they interviewed for this episode kept talking about how he had this... His family was like a facade that was hiding his like devious persona. It's like, no, he really did have a family. He had a real family and he smuggled drugs. It's like if you have a family and a job. Like, (laughs) it's not... He like they I made mean, it sound like he married this woman. No, and had I children. mean some people have a day job and a side hustle. Like that's all it yeah. was. Yeah, yeah. I think it's really seemed like he tried to have a legitimate business and it didn't work out, and so he like turned to an illegal business. So I'm very sure he had the family life first. Mm-hmm. Not that he was like, what would be a great cover for my drug smuggling opposition? I'll fall in love <laughs> and sire children, <laughs> like. No, he's he's a dude. He's just Living people seem shocked that he was not like I don't know wearing a T-shirt that said like I'm a drug dealer. Yeah, well, the the woman, the I, I think his his secretary, yeah, was like, said he didn't look like a drug smuggler. He didn't, he didn't dress like a drug dealer. I was like, I'm sorry, how many drug dealers do you talk to, <laughs> maybe, lady? Maybe a lot. Maybe she buys a lot of drugs. <laughs> maybe they should look into her. <laughs> I don't know. She seems to know what a drug smuggler looks like, so maybe we should ask some questions. Because of, yeah, it was all a facade. <laughs> no, he just smuggled drugs. This was happening only a block away from the U.S. Customs Office, which, okay, that is a little brazen. Mm-hmm. So I think his real problem was that he didn't bribe the right people. Because I'm very sure that if he could have gotten some of those custom agents on board with the scheme, could have lasted a little longer. But <laughs> all right, so they start to I think get. We should start looking at the Liz as well. I'm just. She I'm, seems to know how this works. Just saying. Are you, you smuggling cocaine into Canada, Liz? It's, yes, I am. It's in Canada. It. I knew it. The ten-hour drive is worth it. <laughs> oh, I speak a canoe. Oh. I'm going through the lakes. <laughs> carry it all on my back uh so yes the customs officials started to get suspicious 
particularly of one large truck that was making frequent trips into Mexico and then around the state. And then somehow they find the tunnel. Yeah, he had a tunnel. So Robert's dad calls this something straight out of a Bond film. Yes! Which is hilarious. So I don't it's, know that it is. But. It's just a concrete tunnel. But it goes... Well, it, so no, he, to get to the tunnel, the yes. pool table comes up. Well, that is amazing. I made Mac watch that because that's so cool. <laughs> they had like a button they would push. And it has it a hydraulic raise. lift that lifts even the concrete under the pool table. Yeah, in for the part that's in his house. Room. So it goes... And that's when you push the cocaine in. And then you go... They had, you know, like hand carts to move it down this lit concrete tunnel to get to the shaft part where they put it on a specially made pulley a, a, a pulley or... yeah <laughs> and then they hoisted it up and then they would put it in the false bottom of this truck that had like lumber on on it and then they would yeah just take it to wherever honestly this guy deserves to be a successful drug smuggler smuggler i wrote him he seemed very industrious and also that his concrete <laughs> business Works great because that's where he got all the supplies for the tunnel. Yeah, of course. that's it's why that tunnel's so brilliant. well made. I'm just, I'm impressed, honestly. Yeah, and uh, yes, yeah, so it was exactly like something out of a James Bond film. And then one of the DA agents tells us it's one of the most amazing smuggling op- operations I've ever come across. And obviously, he's like super impressed. And uh, that's when we learn that he didn't dress like a drug dealer and that he seemed like a good family man. And I'm going to say he probably was. <laughs> sure he was. No one really had a bad word to say about him. Except- he just smuggled drugs. Sure. Like, I, I'm not even aware he committed any, like, violent crimes. Mm-hmm. He just provided the United States with our uns- insatiable need for cocaine. Supply and demand. Yeah. So this was a wanted... Uh, they were searching for this guy. What it turns out is that he was already in Mexican prison. He had been captured in Mexico on a boat with, oh, it's a lot, uh, carrying 2.8 tons of cocaine. <laughs> a lot of cocaine. It's a, that's a lot of cocaine. So he was arrested in Mexico for that crime, but he was arrested using an alias, so they didn't know his true identity. And uh, so he was serving... Only five years for that much cocaine. Uh, But then in 1999, he was profiled on America's Most Wanted, and authorities got a tip that he was in Mexican prison under under that name. So he was extradited to the United States for persecution because of that narc. And so then he spent like six years or something. He was out, though. He was out. He's still out if he's He's still alive. I'm not aware that he has Hopefully building pool tables like that for other families. (laughs) Exactly. Hopefully, There's the real business. Hopefully he's joined Alliance Club and he's uh, moved on with his life. Yeah, the only reason to watch that segment is to see the cool tunnel, honestly. And the mustache. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And to wonder what your parents were up to in the 80s and how much the cocaine they did. <laughs> I mean. Probably a lot. <laughs> you gotta wonder. All right, well, that, All was, right. that was not a bad mystery, actually. No, it's not bad. All right, this next mystery is a lost love and... It's, it made me tear up. Honestly, I really liked this one. I love A Lost Love. It's it's nice to not talk about murder every day, all day. Try it sometime. <laughs> True crime fandom. <laughs> yeah. You might benefit a little. Okay, take it away, Annie. All right. So the story opens up on Jeannie Wagner in El Paso, Texas, and she is searching for her long-lost father, Duncan Gilmore. Oh, 
cut this out. That's not how I want to start it. I'm so sorry. Do what you need to do. Okay. Just plow through. The story opens up with Jeannie Wagner in El Paso, Texas. Um, She talks about her upbringing. She was born in 1959. She was the first of three children. And her parents were a construction worker and a secretary. And in the reenactment, she said she felt like she didn't look like anybody in her family. She has beautiful, like, platinum hair. She, everything about her is beautiful. And her mother, how much did you love the old-timey video footage? Yes. The photos? Her hair. Yes. Her earrings. Everything yes. about this. This might be my favorite fashion that we've had in this segment. The hair, too. Real good. Because you get tons of these, like, Mad Men era. Yes floral like your new look inspired oh they're so good so she says <sighs> yes agree. <laughs> uh, throughout her childhood she had always just felt like she was different from the rest of her family and i'm getting this from the unsolved mysteries wikipedia because i listen to the podcast and that's what they do yeah so it's true we're professionals it's a low bar here at Press <laughs> yeah. thank you for your hard work everyone that contributed to the wiki honestly if there wasn't an unsolved mysteries wiki we would have given up long ago wouldn't even have this podcast we didn't know there was one when we started but it's really been a, a lifeline for us it's kept us going sure has and uh she says so Jeannie's mother was patsy summers and um her mother was basically very shy raised in a very strict really religious um catholic family she was very private um, and uh, throughout her life, she had suffered from depression, and this was something that Jeannie noticed. And in 1973, she attempted to commit suicide by slitting her wrists, which is really sad. Mm. She obviously was dealing with some demons, is what they had said. Sure. And not not literal demons, everyone. It is unsolved mysteries, but <laughs> they mean figurative demons. Thank you for that clarification, Liz. Go on, Annie. <laughs> uh, eight years later... Not Dungeons and Dragons <laughs> demons. Eight years... Hail Eight years later, she entered a highway going the wrong way and was struck by another vehicle. So she died 10 days later. And at the time, Jeannie was only 17 when her mom died, which is really sad. So rough. So shortly after Patsy's death, Jeannie called her younger sister and was told that Patsy's diary stated that her biological father was not the man that she knew of as hers. And she had said that basically her childhood, where she had felt out of place, it was all just kind of coming together, that she knew that there was another piece missing. Sure, sure. And in the diary, Patsy had described the predicament that she had gotten into decades earlier. So it goes as in 1958, she was living with her parents and a younger brother in a very strict household. And she began to be dating a man who was well-liked by her family. And this was um, really, you know, thought highly of that her family approved of this man. That was kind of throughout the theme, too, is that she stayed with him because her family Yeah, liked we him. never really hear anything about him, which makes me think he's not great. Well, they said he drove a nice car, which is kind of like the standard back then. Okay. The only thing they said about but him like, was he drove a nice car. This is this woman's like father. He went to church. He drove a nice car. We don't That's hear all you like anything about him. It That's almost true. seems like she doesn't have a relationship with him anymore. Yeah, it seems like I, I'm just reading between the lines. It seems like he's not great because <laughs> he's not featured in the segment at all, no. and she doesn't refer to her relationship with him at all. No, and her mother. So Patsy is described as having a devout Catholic family, and she is described as a very obedient child. So they were like, just date the, this guy who goes to church and has a great car, and she's like, yes, mother. Yeah, oh, it's so definitely. Oh, I feel so bad for her. Did either of you see The Hours? Yes. It kind of reminds me of the Julia Moore part of The Hours where she's like trying to be this like normal housewife and and it just doesn't fit. Yeah. 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 Awful. I would have been so bad at all of that shit. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, you would have lived. It's true. So she was dating this somewhat boring man, um, and they fought a lot, so she would spend her time away from him at a local park. Lovely. And this reenactment was just gorgeous, just like the park and her hair it's and her such dress. such a cute park. A fantasy. It's, it's gorgeous. Yeah. And then something else that comes along is gorgeous. And <laughs> oh, yeah. I totally get it. So that man was a tall drink of water. Who is the actor in this I reenactment? Don't, I don't know, but man, oh, man. Liz was fanning Lord have mercy. He's <laughs> Yeah, I just gorgeous. got really hot in here. I'm thinking about it now. And I was like, did he look anything like that? I do not blame you at all. Like, holy shit. Go on, Annie. Yeah, I understand why she met this man in a park and instantly was, was like, just all like, right. Hello. <laughs> and he was like, can you. I meet you here tomorrow? And she was like, Abs- I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> She's like, I'm staying on this Absolutely. <laughs> I live here now. And then also, apparently, he was like the sweetest, kindest person ever. Yes. Because literally, so, spoiler alert, at the end of this, his wife is, the, his like present day wife is the one who realized he was, he was the Duncan in the show, and what made her realize that was that he was described as the sweetest man in the world. So, come on. Come on. Anyway, continuing. I'm sorry, I love this one. It's good. Mostly because of yeah. whoever this actor is. Agreed. Hello. So one day, while at the park, Patsy met an enlisted man stationed at Fort Bliss named Duncan Gilmore, the honky hunk. Uh, they began seeing each other on a regular basis. So she was, you know, she had her man, her side man, you know, like, live your life, girl. Live your life. Sure. It's just sad that she couldn't tell her family that she wanted yeah. to be with Duncan. It's yeah. sad that she couldn't just break up with this dude. She's yeah. seven. How old was she? 17? She's 17. She's already supposed to get married. They're fighting so much she's hiding at a park. Like... This is not meant to be. I'd like to think if this were 2019, they could have been a thriving thruple. What? I don't want this one dude in it. <laughs> seems, seems like a loser. Milk toast. Like, yeah. Probably Her an and asshole. Duncan and some other hottie, sure. <laughs> some other hot enlisted man. Yeah. Like, I'm sure D- Duncan knows somebody. <laughs> so Patsy had written in her diary that he was one of the kindest and sweetest men she had ever met. And yeah, if he was anything like the reenactment actor gorgeous so yeah we get it um and in august 1958 she turned 17 and her family threw her a surprise party wasn't this duncan that threw yes. this party in secret Which, so it's not like he was that much of a secret she had this huge friend group with this duncan guy but she's probably like this is my friend yeah I, yeah i wonder her. if those were like his friends you know like she had she was yeah she basically had this double life at this point yeah well, Patsy was living a lie, and obviously that lie, you know, led to some internal demons w- with herself. And keeping her relationship with Duncan a secret from her other boyfriend and her family was also what she was doing. And uh, meanwhile, they continued to see each other into the fall of 1958. But in October, she discovered that she was pregnant. Very yeah. scary. Just awful. And her boyfriend uh, believed that he was the father uh, probably because he had a car and he went to church. So <laughs> he possibly didn't even know how sex worked. And so, yeah. that was, was like, my question. It was like that time we held hands. Oh God. I know. I was like, how much sex they were, were they having? If they were Catholic in the fifties, it's probably like he maybe felt her boob. And then he's like, you oh, are with child. You are with child. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I, I shouldn't have let my hormones run wild. We have to get married tomorrow. <laughs> it's kind of how it's 
That one's like I a know. win. I feel so bad for her. Uh, and the beautiful, horny life that she could have had with Duncan. I know. So she told Duncan about the pregnancy, and of course he wanted to marry her because he was the kindest and sweetest and most honest man, you know? Yeah. He was ready. He was going to make it right. However, oh. she felt obligated to stay with her other boyfriend because why? He had a car. Why? Because her parents would have been mad. Even well, they it would have sound like she told her parents she was pregnant. No, but she just like knew they but wouldn't approve. It was, it was a man, yeah, that they had no idea. I mean, this probably was like a neighborhood boy who lived on the street and you know went to their church. Yeah, yeah. they don't know anything about group. this Duncan that just happens to be mm-hmm. at Fort Bliss. And so um, I took a quote from the episode. She had said, I had to do it. I had to please my mother. It was the most important mm. thing in the world. Ugh. There was no other way. Her life, I mean, she's only 17. Yeah. She, she knows so little of the world. She's living this, seems like, very claustrophobic life. Mm-hmm. She, she didn't know. She yeah. didn't know how good she could have had it. Yeah. And yeah. then went on to be really depressed and miserable. Yeah. Living this lie that she didn't want. Which brings us to, on November 11th, 1958, Patsy and her boyfriend were married. Mm. Um, what a joyous occasion. the saddest wedding ceremony mm. you've ever seen. Bum, bum, bum. They were the only ones that knew she was pregnant, because I'm sure her family would have freaked out if they would have known that oh, she was sure. pregnant. Yeah. Even though, I feel like pretty much everyone getting married back then was pregnant, but... But it's just one of those things that everybody was just like, let's never bring up that all of these babies are born like six months after weddings. Yeah. <laughs> just, just put it under the rug. Yeah. And just admit it. Everyone, just admit it. It's fine. <laughs> Everyone's Calm fuck, down. Everyone's fucking. Calm on. the fuck down. <laughs> it's gonna be okay. You're making it worse. She was the only I'm one yelling who at knew. the past. It's not working. <laughs> it's not helping. <laughs> if we yell enough, can the actor who played Duncan just materialize in this Please. room? Please. Hello. Hi. <laughs> Liz is now fanning herself with her notes. Oh my god. Uh, but Patsy was the only one who knew who the real father was, obviously. Um, and I think Jeannie, that was pretty common. Yeah, that's pretty sad. But uh, Jeannie was born seven months after the wedding. Um, also, another quote I took is that she prayed for a child with blue eyes who looked like her then husband instead of Duncan. And she did, right? She had blue yeah. eyes? Yeah, she did. She did. Um, so then it goes back to um, the night that the episode aired. And on the night of the broadcast, so Suzanne Gilmore of Lake Wiley, South Carolina, was watching. She was certain that the 54-year-old husband, that her 54-year-old husband, Duncan, was Jeannie's father. She woke him from a nap and asked him if he was stationed at Fort Bliss in 1958 in New Patsy Summers. He's like, yeah. She was really like, honey, honey, did you fuck someone named yeah, Patsy? No. And she's like, did you have sex with a Patsy Summers? And he's, and he's like, like, what? what? <laughs> he's like, I did. What of it? His reaction is the best. He's like, well, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. We had sex. I think my favorite part was that they talk about a Duncan who was, like, sweet and kind. And she's like, my husband's name is Duncan. He's sweet and kind. It must be him. It must be him. There's only one Duncan in the world who is sweet and kind. (laughs) Well, I think the age range, you know, would have matched up. She She knew knew he he was was, in, yeah, yeah, that he was in the military or whatever. But even so, she was like, a sweet, kind man named Duncan. There's only one. He's sleeping in the other room. He's napping in the other room. Let me go ask who he's being. (laughs) (laughs) And it was him. And I also like that she included that as, like, part of her story. She's like, did you sleep with her? No, it's important. Yeah, and then he woke right up. <laughs> He's like, did I sleep with who? Uh, uh, well, yeah, I did. 
So then we see the happy reunion. They had looked up Jeannie and they got together. And at first they were pretty sad for all the time they'd lost, obviously. But um, then, you know, Duncan got to play with Jeannie's kids. They were showing the kids playing, you know, fetch. He was, like, going to be a part of their life right away. Fetch, fetch, fetch. Kids play fetch. It's cool. Sports. He was... (laughs) What do I know? Look, everyone in this room has pets. This is how we... Yeah. Pretty sure that's called Fetch. Uh, He was just so excited. He was really sweet. He had no idea he had a kid. No, he did. He knew. Yeah. She told him that she was pregnant and she chose... She she was like, sorry, I've chosen to marry my boyfriend. Yeah, bye. Yeah, and so I assume he probably got stationed somewhere else. Yeah, and yeah. That was before you could just he find someone like on Facebook. He was, like, so on board with being a part of his family's life and being a grandfather to these children. Oh, yeah. and he was excited. So she goes, so his wife said, congratulations, you have a daughter. And he was like, oh, she's looking for me? Because, of course, he knew, but... To find out that his daughter was now grown and looking for him was probably the sweetest thing ever. sweet. I love these mysteries. Yeah. He does seem really nice, too. Yeah. That description of Duncan is accurate. We don't know how hot he was back in the day. I mean, he looked like the sweetest and kindest man I'd ever seen. I think he was probably pretty hot. Yeah. Based on the way he aged, yes. What a story. (laughs) It was a great story. But now we have a murder. (sighs) Yeah. So... Well, it's a wanted, technically. It's a little bit of a downer. This one is is just referred to as the singles bar. And I was like, so a bar? I I mean, they gotta go somewhere. I don't understand. Yeah, it's a murder. Well, singles bar. Wanted. Okay, so on March 25th, 1982, 43-year-old divorcee Hilda Amelia Roche. Poor Hilda. Met a man at a singles bar in Alexandria, Virginia. Hilda told friends that she later had dinner with a man and planned on meeting him again. She also stated that he had a lot of money and a nice car. Okay. Seems like a theme. What? I'd get a drink for that. <laughs> I was going to say, this is like not a millennial concern because like no one has money. Nice cars. <laughs> and no one has nice cars. So you like can't be swayed by that. You're like, oh, you, you're employed full time. Oh, what a score. <laughs> oh, you have health insurance. I know. So, that's it. Hubba, like, hubba. like, let's get married for the health insurance. <laughs> you have a savings account? I, what is Talk that? dirty to me. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So yeah, he had a lot of money in a nice car. However, she never told friends his name. On April 1st, 1982, a woman's body was found in the woods near an elementary school shot once in the back of the head. There were also signs of sexual assault. At the time, however, police could not identify her. So, four days later, Hilda's friends reported her missing. Police searched her apartment and found her wallet in the living room. After looking at her driver's license, they determined that she was the woman found murdered four days earlier. Evidence in her bedroom confirmed that she had been sexually assaulted. Uh, yeah, this mystery is made kind of worse. The segment is made kind of worse by this investigator who, like, doesn't want to say the word sexual assault. Yes. He, he keeps saying molested and yeah. sexual activity. And sexual it's like, activity occurred. Sometimes it's like he knew his mom was watching him on TV and he had to, like, think about what he said. I, I mean, okay, so I, can sorry, kind of, I can kind of relate making this podcast. But, um, <laughs> yeah, she was raped. She was right. brutally assaulted. Right. It wasn't like, I don't Pretty, Sometimes pretty people bad. act like just saying rape is like worse than the actual crime. It's quite true. The way that it gets sanitized. And that happens a lot in this segment. Okay. Uh, hold on. I Poor Hilda. 
So inside her room, they found her blouse, slacks, and pantyhose. They also found adhesive tape. Because there was no signs of forced entry in the apartment, investigators suspected that she knew her killer. When investigators questioned Hilda's friends, they learned about the mysterious man she had met at the bar. She had told her friends that he was from Florida, drove a nice car, had a consultant for the was a consultant for the government and lived in an apartment complex in Alexandria. Can you imagine if I was like, hey, I met a guy. Oh, yeah? He's got a nice car. And he works as a consultant for the government. You'd be like, ew. Like, Liz, are you okay? You'd just be like, Liz, you're married. <laughs> well, I don't. Does Mac know about yeah, this? Yeah, I don't know. Is Mac cool with this? You guys have some sort of arrangement? Are you looking for a thr- thruple? It's like, with that Duncan guy, yeah. <laughs> I am. <laughs> All right, the 1,400-unit apartment complex was the only clue investigators had to the man's identity. They searched through lease agreements going back three years. After going through more than 25,000 files, they came up with 32 possible names of men that matched Hilda's date's description. Did they decide files? I don't even understand. This apartment complex apparently kept files on all of its residents. Yeah, that included what kind of car they drove. Because as far as I know, that's all they know about this guy. The reenactment had like this giant filing system, and it looked like the the landlord or the owner, whatever, was looking through all the files. I mean, there's maybe a more complex system. Nice car, nice car. Okay, I got that (laughs) in here somewhere. Very few of our tenants have had nice cars. Only 33. So strange. Three months into the investigation, investigators received a break. They learned that Hilda had lost her wallet on the night that she had met this man. For unknown reasons, the man insisted that he be contacted if her wallet was found. That is weird. And for some reason, the bar gave her wallet to this man. Even more weird. Yeah. Why wouldn't... It's not his. I don't know. Um, Can we just start showing up places and being like, hey, what's in your lost and found? Anything that fits me? Like, Are there any wallets? Yeah, I was supposed to come pick that up. Yeah. And then, yeah. It's like a, it's like black and, you know, about average size. There's full money. money in it. <laughs> full of money. Like, so much money. They, they did have him show the ID, so maybe it was proof that he was there that one night with her. They're like, can I see your ID, sir? Yeah. Yeah, maybe. I mean, still sketch, but, you know. Mm-hmm. A few they days tried. later, the restaurant found her wallet. The man returned and picked it up. The restaurant owner remembered little about the man, but she agreed to undergo hypnosis in hopes of remembering more information. This is one of the more helpful hypnosis mentions on Unsolved Mysteries. Agreed. I just kind of wish we were still in an age where you could just be like, to the hypnotist! (laughs) This investigation has stalled! (laughs) Get me three psychics! Give me an old priest. Yeah. That's an exorcism. Sorry. <laughs> Different. No, you might as well get one of those too. Can't old hurt. priest, young piece, look, three look. psychics and a hypnotist. Can't hurt. Can't, might help. All right. Do you want to solve crimes or not? <laughs> this God. is how we do it. All right. She recalled a phone number belonging to the man. The hypnotist advised investigators that the numbers may not be in the correct order. Also, some of them may be different, but they will all be numbers. This will be this will be a phone. <laughs> Investigators compared the phone number with the numbers belonging to the 32 suspects. They came up with one almost exact match, and it was that of 38-year-old Gregory Barker, a man who always looks surprised. <laughs> that was my impression. Maybe he's surprised he's a murderer. I don't know. <laughs> 
<laughs> but he looks at that mugshot. It is. I'm looking at a picture of his face but, right now. It's like he's saying, no, don't take my picture. His dumb face. Yes. And then it snaps. Looking surprised. At least he doesn't look like Dennis DePew. <laughs> no one corpse. No one else does. No human on Earth looks like they've just been decomposing in a lake for a week like Dennis DePew. <laughs> All right, bloated corpse motherfucker. Barker was a former marshal in Vietnam. Interestingly, he moved out of the apartment just a few days after the murder. Investigators could find no evidence that he actually worked for a government agency. Surprise! He was lying to women he intended to kill. Yeah, they're like really hung up on the fact that he's lying. And I was like, he's also a serial killer. (laughs) Maybe he's not the most... They're like... But he wasn't really working for the government at all. Like, okay, he's a murderer. He also <laughs> reads so many spy novels that he, like, thought he was an elite spy. Yeah, I mean... But he didn't always tell the truth. Right. I hope everybody was sitting down and they heard that piece of shocking but he information. he wasn't an elite spy? Yeah. Oh, my God. I'm not... Could you imagine if a dude told you that he was an elite spy? Immediately hit my panic button. (laughs) I wouldn't be able to keep a straight face. No, absolutely not. An elite spy, you you don't say. Go, huh? That's interesting. I have to go home now. The elite spies are the ones who own concrete businesses. Well, that guy was... Their pool tables rise off the floor. That was actually pretty impressive. All right. Investigators later matched fingerprints found in Hilda's apartment to Barker. They believe that on the night of the murder, Barker arrived at Hilda's house, returned her wallet, and asked to come inside. They believe that he took her to her bedroom and sexually assaulted her there. After that, he kidnapped her, took her to the schoolyard nine miles away, and killed her. The reenactment. We've talked about scary horror movie-esque reenactments before and this one was really terrifying because mm-hmm. she was stripped naked yeah. walking through the woods he's just screaming at her yeah and then he shoots her in the back of the head yeah so this is really horrible yeah if you're very a, primal yes it, it really very is scary. and yeah if you're the the person who watched this as a child and remembers being terrified by the music this is probably why <laughs> no it was so definitely because like of aliens this was like ho-hum i don't go to a singles bar who cares that's probably true because you're eight or whatever but <laughs> aliens could abduct you through your window at any minute there was a really interesting thread in our facebook group where people were asking like what your irrational fears were as a child and mine was that an alien i was gonna be laying in bed and a light would shine through my window and yeah a ufo would like pull up and take me away because I probably watched something on the oh, History there, Channel. There used to be so much alien abduction About stuff. alien abductions, yeah. you know, yeah. when my parents weren't home. You're like, well, that's probably what's going to happen to me. Yep. Better be prepared. <laughs> yeah, because aliens are going to come take me. Sure. <laughs> I mean, why not? Take They t- seem to take everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> why not, you? Why not? You gotta have a more positive attitude about yourself, Samantha. So why won't you get abducted by aliens? They'd be lucky to have you. That's right. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so investigators suspect that Gregory may have been responsible for other murders. Aww. They suspect that he could be even be a serial killer. That liar! Did he also go to single bars with other women and tell them that he was a government worker? Probably. 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 And this, honestly, this like wallet scumbag. thing, prob- he probably stole her wallet 
hid it in the bathroom or whatever, and then was so like, an excuse I was waiting to for go over Oh, yeah. yeah. I suspect that's what happened. They didn't say it's it like in the an, segment. It's like an evil George Costanza move. <laughs> yeah. Instead of just leaving something at exactly. someone's house so you can go back, he's like snatching her wallet and hiding it in the bar somewhere. Right. Um, so this segment, or this dude's story was also featured on America's Most Wanted, and the result is that he was captured. Barker was arrested by federal agents in Phoenix, Arizona, where he had been working in a phone room on April 25th, 1991, the day following the airing of Unsolved Mysteries. Pictures showing him allegedly robbing and threatening the teller were used for identification. Oh. At the same time, Barker was arrested as the suspect in, inve- in the investigation of the Hilda Roche murder as well as 16 other murders, one of which oh was God. the kidnapping and murder of Lee- Lisa Jo Shaner, the daughter of a Tuscan FBI agent. Baker was initially arrested by federal agents on a bank robbery charge from Nevada. He was captured the day following the day that this aired when a young woman working on the floor above identified him from the show that aired the day before. He had heard that somebody thought they'd seen him on TV that evening, but they thought it was... America's Most Wanted. So when he saw... This is so poorly written. Um, Thanks a lot for your free content on Soul Mysteries Wiki. (laughs) Anyway, he thought that somebody was just kidding around. He came Uh, into work the next day only to find... reason that he thought someone was killing around after he's killed 16 people. (laughs) You saw me on TV because I'm wanted. That's hilarious. Go get coffee. Except that I am a murderer. Well, and he also, yeah, killed the daughter of an FBI agent. So, they probably did want to catch him. Probably. That's not one of those things that gets swept under the rug and never solved. So, uh, but he came into work the next day only to find that it was full of FBI agents. When he was not working, he was known to walk the streets late at night, eventually spending the night in all-night theaters. He was known to have served two tours in Vietnam. Barker... Uh, since claimed his eventual capture and arrest were all part of a military cover-up. In May of uh-huh. 1992, sure. Barker was convicted of first-degree murder and sentenced to 60 years in prison. He is now deceased. It is unknown if Barker is still suspected in other murders. The murder of Lisa Jo Shaner is no longer believed to be connected to him. Huh. Her killer was identified as William Floyd Zamastil, who was convicted of her murder in 2011. Huh. So, yeah, maybe he was a serial killer. Probably he was. Probably. Yeah. Uh, he definitely killed Hilda, though, so I'm not sad he's dead. Yeah. The end. If you see his grave, spit on it. Yep. All right. I got one lat They throw in at the very end. You think you're done. This is quite a way to wrap up this And they're season. like, oh, before we go, a baby's dying. And you go, thanks, Unsolved Mysteries. <laughs> definitely what I wanted to think about in like, the course of my day. This is the case of the parents of Jerry Graves. So Jerry Graves is in Eagle, Idaho, and is searching for her biological parents. Now, Jerry herself was adopted. She never really cared who her biological parents were. She had never looked into it. But she goes on to marry a man named John in 1989. And in 1990, their son JJ is born. He's brought home from the hospital and starts having convulsions. He would have sometimes up to 50 seizures a day. Little baby. To the point that he could not take in liquid, and they were trying to feed him with an eyedropper. So sad. So they kept bringing him back to the hospital, not only for his convulsions, but because he would get so dehydrated because he could not take in food. So they, what they wanted to know was, 
if they could find out Jerry's medical history, could they possibly find out what was happening with JJ? Because they were saying there was a slim chance it was genetic. And I was like, it seems like a pretty, I don't know. Good like, chance. Yeah. Like, this is a literal newborn baby. What? I mean, I have my health history, and I'm still finding things, you know, that it right. has to me, and I, like, have access to it. So. But I wonder if maybe at the time they thought less things were genetic, or I don't know. Like, I was like, that's actually, fair. that seems like it would be pretty likely that that's connected to a genetic yeah. disorder. So she was hoping to find her biological fa- parents so that she could learn more about her health history. Um, and she was born... Kelly Marie McAllen at November 7th, 1963 in Ventura, California and adopted shortly afterwards. She didn't know a ton about her family. Kind of awkwardly, she wasn't really that interested in knowing her biological parents and was literally only reaching out to them in the hopes of learning about JJ and was like, look, I know this might be like really emotionally hard for me, but I'm going to do it for JJ. Yeah. Okay. Unfortunately... Though her parents are located as a result of the segment, that does not help with JJ at all. So that's just... Thanks for, like, kicking the sack (laughs) on Solve Mysteries. (laughs) So his condition improved for a while. They were never able to figure out what was wrong with him. And he died before his 10th birthday. Why did Unsolved Mysteries even need to put this in the episode? I don't know. It's short. Nothing is resolved. Just reminding us that there are medical conditions that we have no fucking clue what they are and people die. Just to remind us. Yeah, just to remind you. Kids die. Kids die and there's absolutely nothing that can be done. Yeah, because they don't still need to find her parents. They found them. There's no reason to still include this. It's just sad. If maybe there was... (laughs) Liz throws the paper on the floor. (laughs) If maybe some... If maybe his... Their, her parents had never been located if he was still alive and if still suffering could, from seizures i would understand why they would put this in the episode or they but could educate is, us about this disorder and yeah. we could be like oh i never heard of flimflamfloma yeah. disease now i know go Flim check flimflamfloma <laughs> disease yeah but find it, a story about a hero cat that <laughs> saved a baby from drowning and put that in yeah it, there it, it has nothing to author except Bum you the fuck out. <laughs> That's the end of the season. Ta-da! Season three is done. Yeah, woo, fuck woo, you, Unsolved Mysteries. Yeah, that's it's a brutal end. It's terrible. I really feel for that family. It's fucking awful. The uh, end. But we can rate the episode now. Oh, and the dad had a, a mustache also. Do you remember the dad's mustache? Yeah, from it's it very it like it's, making it's very cappuccinos at the local. <laughs> you know yeah a little bit yes. hipster it was yeah it was it was very well groomed but um thin very thin yes but I that was it, the aesthetic he was going for clearly oh clearly yeah he was very happy with his mm-hmm. mustache i called it whisper quiet he just seems like that someone, makes it sound way creepier than it was i think it's he just seems like someone would be like Shh. i'm imagining someone with a mustache Shh. whispering in my ear that's what you're in now skeeves me out like i said i also that pictured him in like a here. hawaiian t-shirt at a local coffee shop well, sure yeah Oh, and Absolutely. this was some guy from the serial killer case who had a very white mustache. And that I was, was the investigator who couldn't say rape. Oh, yeah. He had the ghost. It was a little patchy. Yeah, it was not great. But it was very pale. Very pale. All right, let's read this damn thing and there, be done with okay, it. So the first category is mysteriousness. Okay, let's see. Drug tunnel, not mysterious. Depew, that we already knew about, not mysterious. The uh, lost love. Lost love. 
I guess the day it aired, it was mysterious. <laughs> and the next day, it wasn't. Well, I'd say it was mysterious for Jeannie because she felt like she wasn't part of her family for all this time and she felt a longing. Yeah. That's true. Mm-hmm. Like a sideways? Her life was mysterious. A thumb, yeah. thumb sideways, maybe? I guess. Sure. Okay. Fashion is our... Well, or reenactments. I'm sorry. Reenactments. reenactments. Uh, for Duncan? Again, <sighs> a huge thumbs up. Absolutely. And a fan. To fan Annie did not realize how thirsty this podcast can be. <laughs> well, it, yeah, she seems slightly surprised, and I don't know why. It's okay, Annie. I mean, Liz knows my type. There's no... <laughs> <laughs> I was going to keep that to my damn self. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm not bringing up anything about a certain star of a certain show. I mean, Craig T. Nelson, circa 1989. No, not, God, bad. Annie, not no. bad. Not <laughs> bad. You don't need to say it. Our listeners need to know now. You didn't. Go look him up. 1989 was a good year for him. Was that the year I was born? Yes. Do I care? No. Wow. You can be thirsty for anyone you want. I'm thirsty for Mothman's booty, a thing that doesn't (laughs) exist. It doesn't sculpture form. Sure. That's true. I'm thirsty for a statue. (laughs) You can't be. Have you seen some statues, particularly marble statues? Sure. Clearly, they were they were motivated by a lot of thirst back Modern, in the day. Old, Are old we porn. comparing the Mothman statue in Point Pleasant <laughs> to <laughs> to the statue of David? Yes, absolutely. They're in, they're in the same category. Yeah, we both spent a lot of time on the booty. You know what? This is Whoa! What were we important. talking about? Reenactments. Honestly, I don't remember. Reenactments. I have to give it a thumbs up because of Duncan. I don't. I, this is the. I know we talked a lot about those those jeans that one time, but for me, this is like... Oh, yeah, the murder victim that had the... Okay, it was an actor who was, was playing the, the murder victim. My, my, my eyes were just hearts during this segment. I, I mean, just I think in general, I mean, even the lady at the singles bar and that whole terrifying scene in the woods, like, it was yeah, really well that, done. Yeah, that was well done, because it was scary as hell i mean even when he came to the door that night she's like oh i wasn't expecting you I was she's like in her robe i was like she's like i was yeah. gardening all day it's like okay, you look fine up. let me yeah. in oh I'll give, it, I'll give it a thumbs up yeah i would say reenactments get a thumbs up fashion oh thumbs way up yeah. excellent fashion there was some, some of the best we've had great 80s teenage girl bedroom yes in the lost love segment Yes. And, like, purple eyeshadow for Hilda. I also think of the secretary in the first segment. Yeah. She had some pretty fantastic makeup. Yeah. I'm a thumbs up, for sure. Some of the best we've seen. Agreed. Robert Stack? He was there. Acting like he's never done drugs. Okay. (laughs) Robert Stack. Yeah, all right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He was part of that demand. Yeah. I mean... Yes, of course he was. Yeah. So, a little hypocritical of Stack... Well, like, I mean, that's a family program. <laughs> Can't have Stack being, well, of course they're drug smuggling. Where else am I going to get cocaine? <laughs> well, honesty, a little transparency would be nice. I just had a wild Hollywood party last night. Yeah, on my yacht. I like how we always talk about how he has I don't know that we know that he did. We just always refer to him. I'm sure his, he had a yacht. I'm sure yeah. he did cocaine in it. Yeah, I mean, and no one blames what him else would it. he be doing? Yeah. He's betting... Uh, Elizabeth Taylor and JFK at the same time, and you're telling me that guy never did cocaine? Come on. I mean, R.I.P., but... <laughs> That's a good for him. Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah, I guess I was... I don't know. Whatever. He was stacking it. He, yeah, he's fine. Sideways. Same, same as always. Uh, Miss 
Did we do Mysterious? We yes. did Mysterious mm-hmm. and we were in the middle. Okay, so then we just rate it? Yeah, so on a scale of zero to five Robert Stacks, where are you at? Honestly, I really liked The Lost Love. The murder wasn't bad. I'm going with a three. Yeah, I'm like a three, I'm, three and a half. I'm bitter about the, them putting the Depew thing in again. That, um, yeah, and, de- and then closing children. off with a dead baby. Yeah, I'd, I'd say three. Three? Just like a solid middle of the road. We're in agreement on a three. Three out of five rapper stacks on this one. Okay. And that's it. That We're done with season three. Wow. Never to return. Overall, how, Liz, how are you feeling about season three as opposed to season one and two? I thought it was pretty good. Season one was very paranormal. Season two was very Lost Loves. And yeah. this was like a lot of ho-hum mysteries, I thought. Yeah. It's a, it's a little bit more of a variety pack, I guess. Hmm. Less satanic panic. Yeah, than there's season there's one. definitely less <laughs> things that are so ridiculous you like fall off your couch laughing. So that's a little disappointing. Um, no Jesus statues blinking. Oh, I love that one. Yeah, yeah. I feel like it's solid, but maybe not as memorable. I was honestly just now trying to think of what my favorite episode was or favorite segment in season three, and I'm struggling to even recall. So that might say something about this. <laughs> We'd have to go back this and look. season. Check I kind of liked the house that was haunted that haunted two different families. Oh, sure, that was a good one. But um, I don't know if that was my favorite. But that was like, it kind of stands out in my mind. Well, we never have to think about it again. Okay, cool. All right, we've come to the part of the episode where we recommend something, and we asked Annie to bring a recommendation. So we'll let you go first. I actually have two. Is that oh, allowed? That's oh, absolutely allowed. Yeah, well, so do the, it. the first one I was thinking is I am a podcast fiend because I, you know, have a desk job and you got to get something to get you through the day. When so. you're not thinking about Craig T. Nelson, you need <laughs> to be listening to something. So, so when I go through phases and I'll just kind of keep them stored on my phone and then I'll just like you know, binge them. Sure. So, uh, by the book is a podcast hosted by two, um, writer comedians who take a self-help book. They read it and then they kind of live by the rules for two weeks and it's really fun. And they do like an array of things, but they also come from it from like a very like progressive feminist perspective. And they kind of bring down some like fake feminism books like Rachel Hollis, all her stuff. Oh, is that girl wash your face? Yeah. Oh. Super problematic. Throw up on the floor. Um, but then there's, <laughs> then there's some really good ones like they reviewed um, Shonda Rhimes' Year of Yes and then like sometimes I'll read the book and then like listen to the episode and I'm like yes I love that chapter too. So like it's got oh, me cool. to kind of like read some like cool books and they'll do like astrology books and it's it's fun because one is kind of you know like into the, the fluffier stuff and one's like super analytical so they come to it from two different angles so it, it's a great podcast I like it and I was listening to quite a few, quite a few episodes this week but my second recommendation only because it came in the mail yesterday <gasps> you can get customized pop sockets of a picture <laughs> it's just a sticker that yeah. is your cat so like if you're oh at God. work and you're like wow this is my life I need to spend the money I'm making on something that'll make me happy so uh, <laughs> the name of the Etsy store is the Skin Dudes. And it's just a creepy name, but go on. Um, it came to me in like a week and a half, so not too bad for Etsy. It was about ten, eleven dollars, I want to say, including shipping. And you already have a pop socket; they just do the sticker, so they give you the sticker, and then you too can have your fluffy fur baby on your pop socket at all times. That's adorable. Mm. Maybe they'll do a Robert Stack. Yeah. What? French coat, Robert Stack. Uh, uh, not, not all khaki, Robert Stack. Never all khaki, Robert Stack. 
Can you get the trench coat Robert Stack, but he's standing by Hollywood Boulevard like he's about to flash someone? Actually, that's that, already there. You could just snap it from... Yeah. I mean, I think it says that has to be your own pictures, but are they looking? Probably not. I mean, it's my own screenshot. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's yes. not how copyright works, Samantha. <laughs> oh, that was a good mystery, too, though. That Cynthia mystery. That was. I liked that one from season season three. It has some wild twists. And her ashes are under the Hollywood sign. Oh. R.I.P. Those were great recommendations, Annie. Yes, thank, thank you. you, Annie. I think so, too. I think I have good taste, so. Yeah, yeah spread it around. We like telling people what to do at yeah. the end of each show. I don't know if they everyone turns I've got some good podcast recommendations and book recommendations from this podcast, so you, you're serving the people. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. absolutely what we're Liz doing. Liz screaming about soap nuts. <laughs> <laughs> hey, some people, two people seem to be interested in that recommendation <laughs> so i'm finally vindicated in me constantly bringing that up is it my turn now sure okay i have a recommendation that's something i was sent for my birthday from my friend nicole she sent me some lavender products from santa fe from los poblanos which is a lavender farm fucking smell this shit this one of these is lavender lip salve this is like the best lip balm i've ever used in my life and if you're willing to use lip balm I've used, you're welcome oh to use it. Oh, my. It is a lip salve. It's like more of like a shea butter. It's super rich. Like, I don't really like Burt's Bees lip balm. I feel like it's I'm not a too, fan. It's too hard. Like, it's too waxy. Oh, this smells so good. This is much more like a butter. So floral. Yeah. And I then, love this. So that's $4. Mm. I looked it up. And then I also got this lotion, which smells very similar, but... They grow the lavender? Yes. I want to live on a lavender farm. So not that much oh, grows well in New Mexico because it's too hot and dry, you know? Mm-hmm. Lavender but will grow fucking anywhere. Lavender grows really well. So they oh, have a lavender so farm there. And then she also sent me this like little cookbook that are different recipes that have lavender. And it's just the cutest, sweetest little thing. That's adorable. If yeah. I grew lavender, I would make lavender lattes and lavender kombucha. Oh, on the lavender rig. lattes are so good. I just love how I smell right now. This is adorable. So yeah, you can order stuff from their website. That lip balm was $4. That lotion is $5. Like it seems really good price. Very reasonable. Plus the shipping, obviously. And the pictures of the place are beautiful. And I really want to go. Man, I want to live in a lavender farm. It sounds delightful. It just seems like absolute bliss. So now I can just be (laughs) all relaxed and aromatic. Oh, my lips feel so our, all of our lips are moisturized right now. Perfectly. Perfect to make out with Duncan. <laughs> Perfect. Okay, so I didn't have a recommendation this week because Sometimes honestly... it's a struggle. Like, if your week is not that in- exciting, if it's just, like, a normal week of your life... If you've just been listening to Game of Thrones podcasts <laughs> like, and reading books about like, diseases... like, what did I do this week to, like, recommend? Uh, socks. I mean, if you them. found the Oreos, then you could maybe recommend those, How can but you didn't find them. No, so. I didn't. It's bullshit. Yeah. Okay, so I went to our Facebook group, and I asked our listeners what they've been loving. Great And idea. I got a great response. So I'm just going to read a few of these, and I honestly haven't seen them yet. Uh, so Amber recommends Instacart. Is that like a... Do you ever even Grocery know that delivery. Is? Grocery delivery. I thought mm-hmm. it must be one of those delivery systems. She does not say anything else about it, but she's loving it. <laughs> okay. Good for you. All right. Into that. <laughs> Vanessa says the podcast called The Ballad of Billy Balls. 
by Crime Town. It is a mystery that has a pretty good twist I did not see coming in about episode two or three. Can't recall at the moment. There's four episodes so far and more to come. Loving it. Okay. I'm on, on the Ballad of Billy Balls. Honestly, sounds hilarious. A little, a little dirty, but go on. I'm into it. Leslie says an app called Golden Thread for all things tarot. You can do oh, readings yes. for others yourself. Pick a card of the day, etc. You can use this app with or without physical cards. It's super fun and easy to use. I'm very new to tarot, so defo beginner friendly. Downloading now. Yeah, I have that on my phone, actually. Do you like it? I have not used it to do a whole reading, but I do it to pick a card of the day. And then you can also save all your cards and, like, see if there's any patterns and stuff like oh, that. Oh, nice. I like that. And it's free. So, I mean, there's really no harm in trying it. Leslie also threw in an amazing British reality show called Love Island. It's amazing and it's on Hulu. I love oh, British shows. I'm just, that really perked me up. I could go for some super dumb television I mean, I don't have plans tomorrow, and I might be watching Love Island. <laughs> that sounds great. Is, but Mary Jean recommends Albany's Gummy Bears. Okay. Oh, I've had those. Those are very good. I wonder where you can get them. I suppose you can probably order them. Yeah, I don't know. Liz brought me back some gummy bears from Milwaukee, and they were fucking They're delicious. They're so good. I can't remember the name of the candy store right now. They have one. I still have the box, so I'm going to look at and see if they ship, because they were so good. <laughs> it's the, at least they have a location in the Milwaukee public market, and every time I go to Milwaukee, I go and get these gummy bears. My favorite they make them themselves. The sour pineapple ones. All of they them were... have like such oh distinct God. flavors, unlike normal gummy bears, where they all kind of taste the same, and they're yeah. so fucking good. Delicious. They're, it's more of like a chocolate shop too which i'm not even sure i've ever bought chocolate there i literally just go and i'm like give me a pound of gummy bears <laughs> <laughs> now mary jane also recommends both of caitlin Dottie's books which i'm going to read one oh soon. yeah that's on our i keep getting agenda. recommended and yeah i think we're gonna read smoke gets in your eyes i'm looking forward to that she also has like a youtube channel that is supposed to be really good add that to my list as well and is also enjoying The Americans, which is a, tel- oh, yeah. a Matt, TV show. Matt watches that. Yeah, I've heard that's good. I think my husband watches it too. Um, Amelia recommends The Natural History of Dragons by Marie Brennan, which uh, is a fantastic. Dragons aren't real. I'm so confused. Which is a fantastic book written like an old time scientific memoir, but with dragons. That sounds awesome. I'm into yeah. it. It's cool. Friend of the Pod Rochelle says I should just recommend reading Game of Thrones, <laughs> which obviously. Uh, is that a, like Samantha? Something you've never heard of? Game of what? Thrones, Song of Ice and Fire. It's like when men ask me if I have ever seen Blade Runner, <laughs> or something like that, <laughs> and I try not to like twitch or anything. punch them in the face. Yeah. All right. Jen- like, no, never heard of it. Please tell me all about your theories. Jenny recommends the Lavar Burton Reads podcast. I've heard that's oh, good. Oh, I've heard very good things. Yeah. Stories for adults. Listen, I'm going to have to quit my job to listen to all these podcasts. Can <laughs> Stop I just... recommending such good podcasts. If someone wants to support me so I can just do jigsaw puzzles and listen to podcasts all day, I will not turn that down. Sure. Why, of course. Yeah. Me neither. Put me out there for that. In the meantime, <laughs> I have to support my cat so she has a good life. Well, yeah. Obviously. Yeah. yeah. Those were our, those were my recommendations from the from the listeners. Thanks, That's a, listeners. Smorgasbord. board. Thank you. Thanks for all your support. Absolutely. Thanks for listening to season three. Next week we'll be doing your listener stories. Can't wait. So excited. We're gonna be spooky as hell. Hell yes. 
Should we plug our stuff? Wait, first, let's let let Annie. Annie, where can people find you? Let's talk about your Instagram. Yeah, I mean, my Instagram isn't, like, doesn't matter. Related to this. Does not matter at all. Does not matter. But you can find me at Balanced and Healing on Instagram. I kind of... share my autoimmunity experience. low-key insta-famous. It's ah. true. <laughs> so way yeah, more, what, way what more sort successful of content than our Instagram? are people going to find on your Instagram? Um, I talk about uh, meal prepping and like things I do to kind of manage my like my autoimmune conditions. Then that's mostly like eating like an anti-inflammatory diet. And my goal at first was just to get like free pot- products sent to me. Sure. And I'm, I'm there, but like not from like every <laughs> brand, but there's a couple brands that I'm working with that they send me stuff and I kind of you know, I'm getting the firsthand testing of it and I get to share coupons with friends and like that was the goal, but n- now I'm dreaming bigger. So um, Robert Stack Candles, is that is that dreaming bigger? <laughs> You're like, no, that's several steps You out. mean you actually cultivate a brand and don't just huh. snap pictures of you drinking seltzer water even though they're not sponsoring you? Huh. It's well, a, that's a novel concept. Old plan, Annie. <laughs> I like it. So we'll see, but you know, it's fun. I've met a lot of really cool people. And the real food community. So that's my jam. All right, everybody, follow Annie there. Go check her out. Say your Instagram handle one more time. Balanced and healing. We'll probably also post on our Instagram, so you can go. I mean, find I already storied and tagged you, so you're welcome. <gasps> Hopefully, we get a few new followers. So you're welcome. They'll be disappointed. Yeah, no, we don't. <laughs> and don't bother following us on Twitter because I need to now cut it back down to 666. We got too many. Oh, damn. <laughs> could lose a few followers yes we're on the social medias perhaps it's you facebook instagram twitter you can join our facebook group we interact there if you received your super duper mystery solver patreon reward you should take a photo and tag us on the social medias because i would love to see them they went out i have seen at least one person received there so i know at least one of them made it through the mail to its destination we had some weird weather this week so there might be a little bit of delay delay. and also a couple people are in canada so yours will be a little (laughs) who knows how long it will take to get to you at least they're not going to australia yeah um you can find us at our website perhaps it's you.com there it's also a form if you want to send in your listener story that way or you can email us at perhaps it's you podcast at gmail.com. And like I said, patreon.com slash perhaps it's you. If you give us even a dollar, it's you get such a deal. like 15 or 16 episodes right away. You know, we appreciate a bargain. On my birthday, Hy-Vee was selling raspberries for a fucking dollar 28. That's the best. I was so excited. Can we talk about fresh berry season is coming? <sighs> I've, I think raspberries are my favorite food. Winter's coming, but so is fresh berry season. <laughs> I have a coworker. Who doesn't listen to this podcast, so I feel comfortable okay. in saying that her husband told her he had never heard of blackberries before. Dump him. <laughs> she was eating blackberries and he was like, what is that? I mean, we do all have these blind spots, but that seems... Does he not go to a grocery store? Like, I don't understand. That's not, not like a gooseberry. Yeah. Or some or sort like of... a goji berry. <laughs> it's not like a fruit you don't just like see around. Like, has he never ordered a fucking fruit cup? Does he never read the Target ads that are two for five, blackberries and raspberries mix and match? Yeah. You know what? There are people out there. This is like that. I I can't understand. This is the most random ass reference. There is an episode of Everybody Loves Raymond where his his dad goes to the grocery store for like the first time and discovers salsa and has never had it and is like super excited. And that show sucks, but it 
I feel like you would have to be like an isolated old man to have never had a blackberry. <laughs> Maybe he only eats. I don't know much about this man. Maybe he only eats beer and pizza. Wow. Who knows? What a sh- what a Totinos. what a life. Yeah. They didn't make a hot pocket blackberry flavor so to him it doesn't exist could you imagine a blackberry hot pocket hot pocket i mean that's kind of like a hot apple pie it's a hot blackberry honestly that pie. sounds really good oh my god a little no. microwave no one take blackberry that. we're pie. gonna do it make millions so that i can't listen to podcasts i am not eating puzzles. a blackberry hot pocket <laughs> it's a blackberry microwavable pie like, yeah. what else is in there just blackberry and what yeah blackberry pie filling that's it sugar yeah. Okay. Probably a shit ton of sugar. No cheese. We could maybe put some basil in there. Why would you there? put cheese? Because it's a hot pie. pocket. <laughs> <laughs> you expand your mind, Liz. Okay. It's the hot pocket dessert line. Okay. Okay. Hot pocket. Call <laughs> Oreo. Call it. What? <laughs> Look at. We have so many good ideas. <laughs> Do we? <laughs> Do we though? Liz, be quiet. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> we really need a. We need like our own line of seltzer water at this point. Yes, call his polar. I no, mean, I could make a kombucha for you. <gasps> we could if have, you perhaps me, it's you brand kombucha. I mean, if you want to tell flavor. me what herbs and fruits you want in there, I'll brew it for you. Yeah, it's a mystery. It's a mystery. You mystery don't know flavor. <laughs> mystery flavor. Is kombucha. anyone drink mystery flavor kombucha? I think so. I mean, maybe if it tasted like Airheads mystery flavor Ooh. or that Oreo mystery flavor, which is fruity pebbles. Yeah. Did you see that Polar made ginger lime mule a permanent flavor? Yeah, well, yeah, I because Samantha was posting about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, Look, I mean, pineapple like, lemon twist got robbed, but I'm not that mad about ginger lime mule. Ginger lime mule is like my favorite, though. It's pretty, it's pretty good. But will I be able to get it here? That's the problem. No, probably not. I'm just gonna stare out the window forlornly. Her <laughs> so inability sad. to get good Polar flavors. <laughs> Oh, we should end the season. Just that wine. <laughs> That's on brand, really. It really is. If you want to listen to a podcast, it's just a bunch of people complaining about something they're supposed to like. This is the podcast for you. Five stars. Five yeah, stars. Definitely rate us on iTunes Apple Podcasts. I don't think we mentioned that one. Oh, yeah. Do. We only accept five stars for reviews, so keep that in mind. Even if you have something shitty to say, give us five <laughs> stars. Give me five stars. That's enforced by Steve Jobs himself. All right, everyone, get out there it. and solve some goddamn mysteries. We got we got a dinner and a movie to go see, so we're out. Bye. Bye.